Hi and welcome to Working Well. I'm Suzanne McCabe from Life Switch Coaching and this podcast is about helping you to thrive in your career and your life. If you want to overcome workplace stress, build your confidence and get work-life balance back in your life, then this podcast is for you. Hi, today I'm going to talk to you about uh, a book called The Courage to be Disliked that I've read recently. And the book is written by Ichiro Kishimi and Fumitake Koga. And the whole book is this conversation between a philosopher and a youth. And the philosopher is talking to the youth about the theories of the psychologist Adler. The youth in turn then responds with his philosophical arguments and it just goes back and forth throughout the whole book. And when I started looking at the book, I wasn't actually sure that I was going to enjoy it, but it just completely blew my mind. I was just so taken in with it and thoroughly enjoyed reading it. So I thought today that I would get through some of the main points that come up in the book as they apply to work and life. The first point is that life is decided in the here and now. So Adler taught that the important thing is not what you're born with, but it's how you use it. And also no matter what's happened in your life, it should have no bearing on how you lived your life now. You get to decide how you live your life now and how your life will be in the future. We as humans have the power to do that. And if I can give a personal example here, I know that when I left uh, university, the first job that I got there, um, when I was doing programming, uh, I really felt like I was a square peg in a round hole, that I wasn't really suited to that kind of work, that kind of uh, line-by-line coding. And um, then I, I found it difficult to keep up with the tasks that I was being set. And eventually I just got burned out and I ended up off my work with chronic fatigue. Now, it turned out okay in the end because when I returned to work, I went into software testing and I was good at that and I enjoyed that a lot more. But the impact of that first job of coming out of uni and doing that first job um, and kind of falling behind was really huge on me because for years and years um, I was still plagued with this idea that I wasn't good enough in the workplace and that just wasn't true. I was doing really well in this new role and I was being praised but nonetheless for years and years as I moved from job to job I had this idea that I wasn't good enough. And it was only when I looked back that I realised that I had made positive changes to my career, that I had empowered myself and that the early situation I had after graduation was not defining my career and my life. A second area I'd like to look at from this book is the idea that all problems are personal relationship problems. And this occurs because we feel inferior to others because we constantly compare ourselves to others. Now, for some people, that drives them to do better and succeed in life. But for others, it hinders their progress because they look at someone and say, well, um, I can't do that as well as they do it because I'm not good enough. 
um, I'll never be as good as so-and-so. And they they compare. And the truth is, when we see what someone else has and we want it, but we don't make the changes in our own life to achieve it, it's because we have a fear inside, a fear of what will happen if we make those changes. It's a lack of courage to change. And having the courage to change can be hard. But the more you decide to make the change, despite the fear inside, the more courage that you have, then the more confidence that you build. And that then feeds on itself because the next time that you want something, but you fear it and you're lacking the courage, you're more likely to go for it anyway. Now, this section is about personal relationship problems. And uh, one thing that's very common in personal relationships is power struggles. And particularly in, in a workplace setting. So what does the book say about this? Well, it talks about how admitting your mistakes and stepping down from a power struggle is not a defeat. Because when you get hung up on winning, it actually clouds your judgment. Okay, But when you consciously choose to stop caring about whether you win or they win, then you can objectively look at your own behaviour and consider what you might change, what you could change, and how you might react differently in a similar situation next time. So that then helps because you're not focusing on winning that particular argument and it makes for better relationships going forward. The next idea I want to talk about from this book is the idea of separation of tasks. And separation of tasks is about not getting involved in what's not your responsibility. And it's about understanding that you only have control over yourself, your own actions, your own thoughts. You don't have control over anybody else's. So, for example, what someone else thinks about you is their task. It's actually got nothing to do with you to know what someone else thinks about you. And when you worry about what someone else thinks about you, you're actually seeking recognition. And what you do is you get into this cycle of worry. So let's take an example that uh, you're in the workplace, you've created a presentation for a group of people and you're not sure if it's gone down well or not. Have they understood it? Did they like it? Is it useful to them? Actually, in many ways, it doesn't matter. You've done your job, that was your task, and their task was to sit and listen to the presentation. What they thought about it has got nothing to do with you and should not affect how you see yourself. You don't live to satisfy others' expectations, and they don't live to satisfy yours. When you live to satisfy someone's expectations, you throw away who you really are. And actually, it's very difficult to meet someone else's expectations a lot of the time because you don't know what they're thinking anyway. You're trying to second guess. And that's stressful. It just drains you. So understand that it's not your task to meet somebody else's expectations. And sometimes that means that somebody will dislike you or dislike something that you've done. And what this book talks about is being disliked is freedom. It's a sign that you're living in accordance with your own principles. 
and it links with this idea of having the courage to be happy, which is also in the book as well. So by separating tasks, you're making a conscious choice and saying it doesn't matter what someone else thinks of me or what somebody thinks of my actions. Um, I am enough as I am. So continuing on with this idea of judging others, the next chapter of the book is called Centre of the World and it's about getting a recognition for your efforts. And it goes on to talk about it from the other perspective, about someone recognising your efforts, in other words, praising you. And Adler suggested that you should not praise others because it creates a hierarchy and it is done to manipulate another person. So basically, the idea being the more that somebody is praised, the more they think that they have no ability and they've made no contribution because someone else is judging their efforts. And it's the idea that you're creating a hierarchical relationship by uh, praising someone and judging their efforts. And Adler suggests instead that uh, horizontal relationships are better where you're, you're on an even keel with someone else. Um, so, yeah, I found this uh, standpoint an interesting one, particularly as a parent. Um, the idea of not praising my children. Um, you know, you're encouraged to praise your children as a parent. And I want to praise them for their efforts. But this did make me think about the relationship that I'm creating with them, this hierarchical relationship that I'm creating. And if you look at it in a, a work context, if you have a horizontal relationship and you're on an even keel with others in the organisation, then you feel more able to refuse tasks or to suggest a better way of solving a problem. So you may well have a manager above you in the organisational hierarchy, but you feel that you're on a par with them, you have a horizontal relationship with them and therefore you can express what you think in a workplace setting. However, if your relationship is a hierarchical one, then you might avoid conflict with that person. You might avoid making suggestions that would make a project work more efficiently, or you might not express some new ideas that you have. And therefore you're not taking responsibility for your role in the workplace because you're hiding away, you're not expressing yourself. And therefore that hierarchical relationship is not good for the workplace in general. So to emphasise here, it's possible to have a hierarchy within an organisation and still have horizontal relationships because the horizontal relationship is about um, expressing ourselves to one another openly and honestly and saying what we think and taking responsibility for what we think and feel. And so you might be asking yourself, well, if I'm not supposed to praise someday because it creates a hierarchical relationship, what do I do instead? Well, you can simply say thank you. Thank you is a clear expression of gratitude from one person to another and it's encouraging to the person that receives it. So you don't need to make judgment on what the person has done, how good or how bad the task was, 
or how good or how bad their actions were. If you appreciate what they've done, you simply say thank you. Okay, so let's move on to the next section of the book, which is to live in earnest in the here and now. And this section looks at the serenity prayer. And I think whether you have a faith or not, I think the serenity prayer is good advice for all of us. And it is, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And this is about accepting what you're able to change in your own life and where you can't change something it's about self-acceptance about understanding that it's out with your control and you can't do anything about it when you can do something about it then of course make those changes or at least consider what the overall problem is and consider breaking it down into small manageable chunks the other idea about living in the here and now is about having what Adler calls unconditional confidence in others. And it's this idea of placing your faith in others. And of course, when you place your faith in others, sometimes you might be worried about being let down. And sometimes, yes, you will be taken advantage of. But whether you're taken advantage of or not is actually not your task to decide. It's, it's back to separation of tasks. But if you don't have any confidence in others, you will never be able to build deep relationships with others. And who wants to live like that? So by having full confidence in others, you see other people as your comrades and you work together and you have the opportunity to build deep relationships. And as I say, if someone does let you down, then that is their task. That's their responsibility. Now I'm going to go into the next section about workaholism called workaholism as a life lie. And of course, a workaholic is, is someone who focuses on their work to the detriment of other areas of their life. And you know, they might tell themselves something like, I'm busy, so I can't do this. I can't go out. I can't spend as much time with my family because I'm so busy at work. And Adler talks about this as being a life lie, that people who are workaholics are really just trying to avoid some of the other responsibilities that they have in life by using work as an excuse. So we all have um, parents or kids or, or family members that we're responsible for. We've got household chores. We've got maybe cars to maintain. We've got our friendships and hobbies and so on. And all of these areas of life need our time. So Adler didn't recognise uh, any way of living in which one aspect was dominant and therefore he advocated making time for all aspects of our life. And actually, um, I personally uh, understand where he's coming from here because when you focus on one area of life to the exclusion of others, and then something in that area of life goes wrong. So for example, let's say you are a workaholic and you're doing late nights and working at weekends and so on. And you spend a lot of your time on your work 
What happens, for example, if you're made redundant? What are you left with? Suddenly you've got this big gap in your life where your work was. Whereas when you have lots of different areas of your life where you spend your time, then you have enough going on in your life to fill that gap. You're not wiped out by the loss of one particular area of your life. The next section I want to move on to is called Exist in the Present. And this is about accepting yourself on the level of being, not on the level of acts. And I think this is particularly important if you consider your workplace setting. For example, you might judge your efforts based on how much work you've produced in any one day. And this idea turns that on its head and basically is saying, just by being in existence, you are enough. And keep that in mind as well if you're in a situation just now where you're unemployed, for example. Again, just by being in existence, you are enough. You're not defined by the acts that you do. You're not defined by whether you have a job or not. And also remember separation of tasks here. You don't decide if your contribution is useful. Someone else might judge that and that's their task. Your task is just to be. And this brings me on to the final section, which is called You Can Be Happy Now. People want to like themselves and um, not liking yourself is one of the biggest sources of, of unhappiness in people. So they want to feel useful and they seek recognition to gain feelings of contribution. But what that does is it means they're loving to other people's wishes and they have no freedom for themselves. Instead, it's enough to feel of use just by being alive, just by being here. It ties in with what I said in the last section, that we're not here to act. We're here just to be. If you think about it, um, if you weren't here, how would your family feel? They would miss you terribly, wouldn't they? Your friends would miss you terribly. So the fact that you're even alive is enough. So don't waste your life chasing happiness and waiting for happiness to come. You can be happy now. You're here. You're alive. You exist. And people appreciate the fact that you exist and you are here with them and amongst them. You don't need to do certain acts or behave in a certain way in order to seek recognition from others. So that's the end of my summary of this book and I've really enjoyed it immensely. I've had some great takeaways from it around um, taking responsibility for your actions in the here and now and not blaming your past. Um, also in terms of uh, the need for horizontal relationships with others instead of hierarchical judgmental relationships. And just about accepting that you are enough as you are and it doesn't matter what you do, what you say, how you act, you are who you are and that is enough. You do not need to go out and seek recognition from others and seek approval from others and, and waste your time and energy on that. If you'd like to know more about what I do here at Life Switch Coaching, then you can go to my website at www.lifeswitchcoaching.com 
or you can email me at suzanne at lifeswitchcoaching.com. That's S-U-S-A-N-N-E at lifeswitchcoaching.com. Thanks very much for listening and take care.